Good morning. We have a beautiful opportunity here, um, a beautiful chidush to be able to understand. Uh, and today, I don't think we have a sponsor. If anyone would like to sponsor today's breakfast, they should come see me afterwards. There's an amazing idea that is brought down in, in the words of Rashi, according to the uh, Vilna Gaon. The Pasuk says, Vayira Yaakov me'od, Yaakov was very afraid, right? He's very frightened. And he was very distressed. He was very bothered. We spoke a little bit about this at the beginning of the week, but I want to quote to you what Rashi says. Rashi says, what does it mean he was very afraid? He was afraid. Maybe we get killed. And he was, ner- he was nervous. He was uh, distressed. He was uh, anguished. Why? Maybe he would kill others. The words of Rashi seem to be a little bit interesting. He was worried, he was afraid he was going to get killed by Esav. But what was he worried about? He was worried that he would kill others. So the, the literal translation should have been if Yaakov was worried that it was going to come to a situation where he would not be the person that he was, he was a peaceful person. If he was nervous that he would, have, he would be forced out of his comfort zone to have to kill someone in order to be able to have survival for his family. So he was worried about that. But why doesn't it say, Shem Yaharog, who maybe he would have to kill Esav. Or Shem Yaharog, maybe he would kill. What is this Shem Yaharog Aherim? He would kill others. The Vilna Gaon says something remarkable. What's the clue to this word? The clue to the word is, to this problem is the word itself, Aherim. There's one person in the Torah, in Torah literature, who's called Aherim. And who is that? In the Mishnayot, you will find that there are many different people uh, uh, who are quoted by their names. Rabbi Meir, however, is not only quoted by his name. There are two other ways that we know that it is Rabbi Meir speaking in the Mishnah. If it says Rabbi Meir Omer, you know what Rabbi Meir is talking. If it says nothing in the Mishnah, the Mishnah just tells you halakha. Who's talking? Rabbi Meir. We have a klal, a rule that says... Stam Mishnah, if you have a regular Mishnah without anybody saying the name of who's, who it's, who's speaking, Stam Mishnah Rabbi Meir, it's talking, Rabbi Meir's talking. He is the silent author of the Mishnah. And finally, another uh, title that's given to Rabbi Meir is Aherim. So when you see uh, this person says this, Aherim Omrim, others say, who's others? Others refers to Rabbi Meir. Why is Rabbi Meir called others? The reason why he's called others is because he was a student of a rabbi who was called Aher, who was called the other. So Rabbi Meir got the dubious uh, uh, honor of being called after his rabbi was called others. Now I want to just point out two beautiful ideas according to this. That means if Rabbi Meir's name, his title is Aherim, so when Rashi explains that he was worried maybe he would kill Aherim others, he was worried that he would kill Rabbi Meir. How was he worried he would kill Rabbi Meir? The Gemara in Gitin says that one of the great uh, Roman generals was attacking Jerusalem. And as he was coming to attack Jerusalem, he realized that this mission that he was doing, it was meeting with success that it shouldn't have had. And he began to understand that really it was God's plan that the Romans should destroy the temple. He realized that this, he says, by God, you want to uh, do this, uh, this you, you have your plan, this should happen to the Jewish people. You're coming to wipe your hands on me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the deed, and then you're going to uh, punish me for doing it? Chalas, I'm out. He runs away, Arak, it says, he runs away. He comes, he becomes a convert, this Roman general. 
Who, does, uh, who comes out, who's a descendant of this Roman general? The Gemara says in Gitin, Rabbi Meir. So it turns out that Rabbi Meir is a great, great, great grandson of whom, if he comes from a Roman general, from the Malchut of Edom, from the kingdom of Edom, Edom is a descendant of Esav. That means that Rabbi Meir came from Esav, says the Vilna Gaon, that that's what Yaakov was worried about. He was worried, number one, that he would get killed. But number two, he was worried about what would happen if he would kill Esav. Maybe the result of killing Esav means Shema Yaharok Aherim. He'll wind up killing uh, Rabbi Meir. And it's such an interesting dilemma. On the one hand, he wants to survive by killing Esav, making sure that his family lives. On the other hand, he knows there's going to come a time where the Mishnah, where the vast majority of Mishnayot, lots of Mishnayot, that doesn't say who it is, are all coming through Rabbi Meir. So on the one hand, he has a physical survival by killing Esav now. On the other hand, maybe that's going to come at the expense of a spiritual decimation by not having the Mishnah as in the way that we know it. Fascinating insight according to the Vilna Gaon. However, there's a deeper understanding as well. I'd like to suggest a Hidush Bezat Hashem Barach. The Gemara Hagiga relates to us a very interesting exchange that happens vis-a-vis this man called Aharim Rabbi Meir, that Yaakov was, wor- that Yaakov was worried <coughs> That he would stop from being born. Matzaora ba Barshila Eliyahu. Rabbi Barshila found Eliyahu. Amar lo, he said to him, Ma'ose Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What's God doing in heaven? Amar lo Eliyahu. He says, Omer who? He says in heaven, Halacha mepi kol chachamim. He says halachot over in the names of all the chachamim. Umipiv shel Rabbi Meir eno Omer. From the mouth of Rabbi Meir, he doesn't say any halachot. So in other words, he sits in Shammai and he says, Rabbi Yehuda, b'ni kachu omer. Rabbi Yehuda, my son, this is the halakha that Rabbi Yehuda says. Rabbi Akiva, b'ni kachu omer. This, he would say over halakhot from all the rabbis except for Rabbi Meir. Amar lo how come he doesn't uh, say halakhot in the name of Rabbi Meir in the heavens? Amar lo Eliyahu, Eliyahu says to Rabbi Bashiloh, he said to him, Mishum shilamad Torah mepi aher. Because he learned Torah from this man who was called aher. Amalo Rabbi Barishilo, Rabbi Barishilo said, what's the problem? Now let's give a little background here. Who is uh, the Acher, the rabbi of Rabbi Meir, the reason for his title, Aherim? Rab, rabbi Meir's rabbi, was named, his name was Elisha ben Avuya. Elisha ben Avuya was a tremendous Talmi Chacham, a, 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 I, I, would, I guess I would call it a compatriot, a companion of Rabbi Akiva. Tremendous, tremendous Talmi Chacham who at the end of his life, he went off the path, and he eventually left his religion behind. He was mehalel all of Torah. He became an apikores, a someone who denied God. But his Torah was unbelievable. And it came initially when, you know, he was, uh, before he kind of came out of this atheistic closet. Rabbi Meir was a student of his. Says Eliyahu to, to Rabbi Barashilo, they don't say to Alachot in the name of Rabbi Meir in the heavens, because he was a student of Acher. Amar lo Rabbashilo. Rabbashilo said to Eliyahu, Umabakach, so what? Rabbi Meir, Rimon Matzah, Rabbi Meir, he found a pomegranate. Tocho Achal, the inside, the fruit he ate. Kilipato Zarak, he took the outside, the peel, and he threw it away. What's the problem that he learned from this flawed character? Right? He was able to, to discern what he, was, what he should take on and what he shouldn't. What he should eat and what he should throw. The difference between the inside, the fruit, 
and the peel. So why in heaven are they not saying things over in his name? Rabbi Meir knows good and well what to take and what not to take and not to be influenced by the bad part of, uh, of the one who was teaching him. Amalu Eliyahu, Eliyahu and Avi said, Achshav, Hu Omer, in heaven, right now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, Meir Beni Omer, Meir, my son, says. When you were Melamed Zechut, when you learned and you saw someone in a positive light down here on earth, in the heavens, that ruling also stands. So therefore now, God is able to say over the name of Rabbi Meir. Beautiful Shitamiku Betzer, if anyone has time to understand exactly what this means. Because normally when we judge somebody favorably, it means, let's say I see someone doing something on Shabbat. I know the guy is not a person who usually is Mechalel Shabbat. So I look at this guy and I say to myself, you know what, there has to be a good reason for this. Impossible that he's just breaking Shabbat. It must be that his wife is going to the hospital, that there's a pikuach nefesh. So what's going on really, really, that's what's happening. But it seems to the casual observer that that's not what's happening. So Dan Kev Zuchut just says this is really what is happening, right? Does that, does that make sense? But in Shamayim, they know what's happening. So why in the world would, would it require someone down here on earth to have judged him favorably in order to change what's going on in the heavens? In the heavens, they already know. So what changed when it said down here on earth? So one opinion, one understanding of this is that, um, that when, uh, when in Shamayim they're saying things over they, in the name of a certain person, and look, as is evidenced, the people on earth found out about what was going on about this. So that would be a chilul Hashem because they actually don't know. Once down here somebody knows, then it's allowed. But again, that's a much different conversation for a different day. Either way, what allowed Rabbi Meir's halachot to be said in Shamayim was the fact that someone down here on earth was able to say, Peri achal, toch achal, klipa zarak. He threw out the, the external peel. But what was inside, the thing that which is good about him, he was able to find and he was able to bring out. Say, I want to say a beautiful chidush be'ezrat Hashem. That's the alternate understanding or the deeper understanding uh, according to what the Vilna Gaon is saying. It's not that he was worried that if he'd kill Esav, there would never be a child called Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir still could have come from him. Esav already had loads of children. The point here is, if Rabbi uh, if Yaakov Avinu would look at Esav, who had, as we know, tremendous Torah in his head, but the external self of Esav had become a Rasha. If Yaakov was to look at Esav and not be able to see that there's something there inside, if he could kill Esav without any problem, without any compunction, not worry about the Torah that was inside of him, then there would never be a time when Rabbi Meir, where someone could say about Rabbi Meir that he was capable of seeing good in someone, understanding that there was Torah and Acher, and still being able to learn from him and throw away the outside, because he was discerning that if Yaakov couldn't see it, then he'd ultimately have killed off Aharim, he'd have killed off Rabbi Meir's chances. To me this says some beautiful things uh, about judging favorably. It says beautiful things uh, about being able to take the good from somebody. But more than anything else, it says a beautiful, it teaches a beautiful lesson of understanding that ultimately, ultimately, in every single situation that a person is in, they have to pay attention to the far-reaching consequences of their actions. 
Yaakov is now worried, according to Vilna Gaon, about something that's going to happen in thousands of years. We find the same exact opinion being held by Moshe Rabbeinu. He's about to kill the Egyptian. He looks here and here and he sees that there's no man. Chazal tells us that Moshe was looking into all the future generations to see if there was ever going to be a Sadiq that came from him. Who knows what's going to come from my actions? Who knows if when someone's sitting in the synagogue and they're a beginner and maybe they're talking in the synagogue or maybe, you know, they have the sidur and they're not paying attention and you go over and you yell at the guy. That's not how you behave in the synagogue. That's not how you act. You just murdered the guy. And who, who are you? How do you know? If maybe this person would have become a little bit more, would have started sending his children to school, one of his children would have ultimately become a great rabbi, would have changed the course of the Jewish people. You don't know not only what you're killing today, but what future positive, what future results um, could have come out of this person, out of this scenario. Hashem should protect us to always behave in the best way possible. Should always protect us to behave in a way where the outcome of our actions will always be positive, where we uh, don't, so to speak, murder someone or stop a possibility from coming to fruition, either now or in the future generations. And if we're acting in the best way we can, of course, I'm sure we will avoid it and Hashem will protect us from uh, these occurrences. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.